Welcome to the Inspire Church podcast. We hope this message will equip and empower you to reach your God-given potential. Inspire Church is all about loving God, loving people, and inspiring our world. Visit inspirechurch.com.au for more information. Hey, this morning, uh, well, over the last few weeks, Pastor John's been in a series called um, Bless This House, and he's been talking about what type of values form your life. What are the values that we live by? What are the values that we choose to adopt and, and obviously outwork? Because those values determine how we will live our life. They determine whether our house will be blessed or not, whether our family will be blessed, whether our relationships will be blessed. And today I want to just really jump off the back of that and also just carry on this theme because I believe if we want to live a life where we see, would see our house blessed, that we, where we would see us blessed, where we would see our family blessed, where we would see our friendships blessed, then I believe we're called to live a life of victory and not a life of defeat. And so this morning I want to talk about that. I want to talk about living a life of victory. So often we choose to and stay within the defeat that we see in our lives because at times it can appear so big, it can, appear, it can seem like we have no other way through. But can I tell you that? God wants us to live a life of victory. God wants us to every day choose to walk in victory. The question is, do you want to walk in victory today? Do you want to live a lifestyle of victory? Because a lifestyle of defeat's not that cool, right? I've tried that. It's pretty, uh, pretty depressing, really. And uh, so I'd much rather live a lifestyle of defeat. So I'd love you to turn to Exodus verse 14. Uh, Chapter 14, sorry, verse 10 to 18. And here we see this just after God's freed the Israelites out of Egypt. And God did an amazing miracle there using Moses and freeing his people from slavery, which they had been caught up in for many years. And so we pick up the story just after that. And it reads like this. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked at him and they panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out of here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves in Egypt. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch. Watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff, raise your hand over the sea, divide the waters so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops with his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. It's amazing that just after the miracle that God did when he freed them out of Egypt, that they were then faced with another situation where they needed God to come through for them. And it's amazing the Egyptians' response because you would think that they would have learned something in that first miracle that took place. You'd think that they would be full of faith a lot more. You'd think they would realize and understand that, wow, God freed us from slavery. So I'm pretty sure in the midst of the situation that we see around us that he could free us again. 
But yet their response is not one of that. Instead, they complain and they're moaning and they're negative and they're saying, man, I wish we were back in Egypt. Why did you take us out of here, Moses? God, why did you free us? You've all, all you've done is freed us out of slavery, out of a lifestyle of being a slave where there's no life to live, only to bring us into the wilderness to die. But yet Moses' response was one of faith. It was one of, no, no, God will be with you. Watch what God will do. You watch how God will free us. You watch how even though in the midst of what you see in the natural, watch what God will do. Because see, Moses knew he was full of faith. He was full of an expectation that, yes, in the natural it may appear like there's something crazy about to happen, but yet knowing that God is well able. How much do you believe this morning that God is well able to move in your life, to move in your circumstances, to move in your situation, no no matter how crazy, no matter how big it may appear? How much do you know and believe that God can, will, and wants you to live a victorious life? And I love the response that God says in verse 15. He says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get up, to get moving. You see, they wanted to stay still. They wanted to stay in their place of defeat. They wanted to stay in their place of of negativity and all of that kind of stuff. And they wanted to stay there and complain about what their situation was. So bad, I can't believe that you brought us here. God's response is, would get up and move. Because I believe that God would require us to move, no matter what the situation would look like, no matter how crazy it may seem, but they could have stayed where they were and they probably would have died. But yet God's faith would say to us, would you choose to get up and move? Would you choose to step forward into the promises of God, no matter how risky it may seem, no matter how the fact that you don't see the end yet, it doesn't look like there's any way. Would you get up and move anyway? Because as you move, I believe we move the hand of God in our circumstances and in our situations. When we stay still, I think personally that we limit what God wants to do. God can do it. God wants to do it, but sometimes God's saying, are you prepared to step out in faith? Are you prepared to take that leap of faith and step into what I'm calling you to, step into the victory that I'm calling you to step into, instead of standing around complaining? And as they do, as they step, the Red Sea parts, the Israelites go through. Uh, sorry, the, yeah, the Israelites go through, and then as the Egyptians follow them, what happens? We all know the story, the sea Drowns them up. God rescues them. Why? Because God is a God who wants us to live in victory. You see, a couple of weeks ago, I had, uh, on the weekend, I started to get a sore tooth. I haven't been to the dentist for probably about 10 years. You might say, oh, your teeth must be bad. Oh, on the contrary. (laughs) They're actually very good. (laughs) I've had no fillings at all. And uh, I waited after school, I left school, waited for another 10 years because dentists are so expensive. I don't want to waste money on dentists. I'd rather spend money on shoes and things like that. And so um, I chose not to go to the dentist. And then I thought I'd better get a checkup like 10 years ago. And then they were fine, no fillings. I'm like, sweet. Why go every year? My teeth are all good. So anyway, my tooth was quite sore. And I thought, ah, it's fine. It'll get all better. It's just, it's a little, it'll pass. It's just a little toothache here and there, you know, whatever. And uh, I was talking to Al about it. And she's like, oh, you should probably go and get that checked out. And I'm like, Checked out, babe, you know how expensive they are? She's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, nah, it's all good. It'll be fine. And anyway, as the weekend went on, it was, it was still getting still sore, wasn't getting any better. Monday came along and I thought, oh, it's actually starting to get a little bit better. I wasn't noticing the pain as much. That night, the pain started to come on again. By Wednesday, I woke up in the morning like, oh, 
man, my tooth's sore again. It's right in the middle here down, down below. And I pulled my gum out and there was this white lump abscess looking thing, right? That was starting to pair. That wasn't there the rest of the week, but it was there on Wednesday morning. At that point, I'm like, babe, come over and have a look. Come, come, come. What do you, what do you, what do you think this is? I opened my mouth. I apologized for my stinky breath. I hadn't washed my teeth there, brushed my teeth. And, uh, and I said, look, what's this abscess looking thing here? What is this? She's like, whoa, you should, you should probably go and get that checked out. That bad boy doesn't look right. And I'm like, I know, it's in my mouth. I could actually feel it throughout the day starting to get bigger. So what did I do? Like every normal human being would do is I Googled, what is the, um, how do you fix an abscess? Because I want to know what I'm going to because I don't hear good things about dentists besides the fact they're way too expensive. You're a dentist here. I apologize. Do me a discount next time. That would be awesome. So I Googled it. And one of, the, one of the treatments for it is um, antibiotics. I'm like, praise you, Jesus. I claim that in Jesus' name. And, uh, but then as I read on, the other uh, way to treat that is to get, wait for it, a root canal. Everyone's like, oh, I can see you holding on to your seat right now. I see the fear rising up on the, in, out, on the outside of your face. And anyway, so I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what that is, but that sounds pretty nasty. And uh, Al's like, man, that's like the worst thing ever. She said, I would rather have a tooth extracted then have a root canal. My brother had one. He said it was the worst pain he's ever experienced. I'm like, thanks for that, babe. Now I'm really freaking out. And to make matters worse, I, uh, I was catching up with one of our young guys um, later that day, and I told him about it. He's like, yeah, my dad's had like a few root canals. He said they are excruciating pain. It's like it's like, terrible. I'm like, awesome. So anyway, I ring the dentist because it was getting to the point where I knew I had to get checked out. I ring the dentist, and I said, oh, have you got an appointment for today? They said, no, we could do it tomorrow. I'm like, cool, book it in. I rang another dentist to see if they had an appointment that day. They did, so I went to, decided to go there. Before we went, we prayed, because that's what you do, right? God, I pray that, uh, you know, you wouldn't have to have a root canal. Lord, I declare antibiotics would be the treatment in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I speak to that dentist. I declare wisdom in the name of Jesus. Lord, I bind every root canal in Jesus' name. The spirit of root canal, I declare it gone in the name of Jesus. And I speak antibiotics over my situation. So I went to the dentist, laid down in the chair. He's like, oh, yeah, your tooth's pretty sound. It's structurally good. I'm like, well, so far, so good. Tick that box. He let me do an x-ray. So he does an x-ray, he brings it up on the screen so I can see. And the dental nurse lady goes, ooh. I'm like, no, no, not ooh. No, no, ooh's never good. That means she's seen something that's not good, right? And so when she goes, ooh, and then the dentist's like, oh, that, that's, that's all right, it's an easy fix. We'll just do a root canal. I'm like, oh, no, you won't. And at that moment, I started to wonder whether or not God would answer my prayer. Don't you know, God, I turn up to church every Sunday? Because if I don't, Pastor John will tell me off. Don't you know that I pay my tithes every week, Lord? Don't you know that I invest into young people's lives and see them trans? I've done all of this in your name. The one thing I ask you to do, no root canal. And that is the very thing that they say that I'm needing. Man, my faith went downhill at that point. I was angry. I was negative. It's amazing how we can be in the midst of a situation Think God's not answered us and be all negative because it's not turned out the way you thought it would. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do here. You know the worst thing? He says, your tooth's dead, so you won't feel a thing. We won't even need to give you an injection. And at that moment, I'm saying, can I see your dentist license or something to prove you're an actually legit dentist because that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And uh, I'm not sure if I'll, I like that. Injections, I actually don't mind, so I'd probably rather just hit me with that bad boy and uh, numb that thing down. But uh, he said, no, no, you won't need it. Actually, funny thing, I, compl- I contemplated going to the dentist tomorrow because I hadn't cancelled that appointment yet, even though realising I'd have to pay double the fees, hoping for a different outcome. But 
I manned up. I said, all right, if that's the only thing, then do it. See, in the midst of that moment, I could have been full of negativity. First, initially I was, but then I got over myself. And I thought, no, no, I'm going to actually have a good attitude. I'm going to choose to believe that my God is well able. I'm going to choose to stand in the fact that, yep, I need a root canal. Yes, it's not what I prayed, but yet, God, I know you're well able. God, I'm not going to live in defeat. I'm not going to live in victim land. I'm not going to allow the natural circumstances around me to take me out and cause me to be all down and out. But yet, I'm going to choose to live victorious. I'm going to choose to have an attitude that is an attitude of victory. And God, today I declare your presence, whatever the outcome will be, will be on this root canal because they were doing it right then and there legit no pain did it felt nothing it was no pain at all no pain afterwards no recovery I went out after that night played basketball I was all good and uh, that's actually I said I got a game tomorrow night you sure I got to got to play no you'll be good no pain you see God didn't answer it the way I thought but he answered it Because God is a God of victory. God is a God who can do all things. God is a God who wants us to live in victory. Living a life of victory means we aren't moved by our circumstances that we may see in the natural. But instead we're moved by seeing our circumstances the way that God sees it. Isaiah 41, 13, For I hold you by your right hand, I the Lord your God. And I say to you, do not be afraid, I am here to help you. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4, For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and He will give you the victory. He fights for your enemies. Your circumstance that you're in right now, He's fighting on your behalf right now. You may be here and say, yeah, but my life's all good. Awesome. But yet there will come a time where we will face a struggle, where we will face something, and we have to choose to either live in victory or live in defeat. God wants us to live in victory. What does a lifestyle of victory look like? It's not living a life which is impossible to sin, but a life in which victory over sin is possible. It's not a life to be enjoyed by just a few Christians, but it's a life for all Christians to live in. It's not a life where there is no temptation or trials, but it's a life where we can overcome the temptation and the trials through the power of Jesus Christ. It's not a life or just an outward victory, but it's also an inward victory too. It's not a life where we need to ask for victory, but it's a life where we need to choose to walk in victory. You see, I felt God talk to me over the last few months about how I pray personally when I'm going through something. When I'm going through things, my prayer will be, God, say I'm going through fear, like at the dentist at that moment. My prayer to God will be, God, give me the victory over this fear. God, it's taking me out, Lord. It's consuming my life, Lord. I'm struggling. I'm finding it really difficult. Would you come and would you take the fear away? I pray, Lord God, that you would overcome the victory, God. But yet, then I realized when God spoke to me that I'm praying all wrong. Because my Bible says that the enemy's already been defeated by when Jesus died on the cross. My Bible says that he took everything that we go through upon himself so that we can walk in victory. Every fear, every negativity, every uh, situation that we're going on, the victory has already been won. The devil has already been defeated. So we don't need to pray for victory because the victory is yours when Jesus died on the cross for every one of you who are here this morning, for myself, for us included, for all those online. Jesus paid the price. The battle has been won. The victory is yours. We need to choose to walk in it. I felt God say, would you pray differently? Instead of praying for victory, would you pray that I would give you strength to walk in victory? 
Because that's where we need God to come. Because every time that we face temptation or we face a, a negative thought or, or we, we have something going on in our world, there's a decision that we need to make to either continue to walk down the path of destruction, which often our habit patterns will take us down if we don't watch ourselves. Or we choose to say, God, I'm not going to choose to walk down that path anymore. I'm going to choose to stand with you, God. Give me the strength in this moment to make the right decision and choose to take a different path than what I've normally done before. Choose to respond differently to the situation than I've normally done before and choose to walk down the path that is godly where I'm walking with you, empowered by you to walk in freedom. So the question is, are we walking in victory? That Jesus gave us on the cross. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Four quick keys to help us walk into victory. Victory is not received by human efforts. There's nothing we can do to walk in that victory. Because out the natural the human part of who we are. We want to just complain. We want to be like the Israelites to stand there and be negative and complain and moan and groan in our situation and just stay there. But yet, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with the power of God that now transforms you from being an ordinary person to someone who's superhuman, who can do the things that God asks us to do. You might say, yeah, but I can't do that in the natural. That's not who I am. But yet you're filled with the power of God who empowers you to do the things that he's asking you to do. He empowers you to walk in victory. So we can't receive it by human efforts, but we receive it because we came into a relationship with the God who loves us, the God who died for us, the God who took everything upon himself so that we now could walk in victory, so that we could live life, walking in the fullness of who he has called us to be. That we would be called by grace, saved by grace, empowered by grace to walk out the plans and purposes that God has for us to walk a lifestyle of victory. Second one, walking in victory is a free gift by God. We, we don't need to earn it. It's a free gift. You see, whenever I get given a gift, it requires an action out of me to receive that. And that is simply that, to stretch my hands out and take a hold of that gift. If I choose not to do that, then that gift will never affect my life. It will never change my life. It will never impact my life because the gift that was free for me to take a hold of, I never took a hold of it. So God's given us a free gift of victory to walk in that. Doesn't mean your situation will be easy. No, there'll be times where you'll feel like you're in the midst of it and it'll feel so tough. You'll feel like there's no other answer. You'll feel weighed down by that. All those feelings are real and we will, and we will go through that. I'm not saying we won't, but yet it's about having an attitude of faith. It's about choosing to lift your eyes. It's about choosing to say, you know what? I'm not going to let the natural circumstance dictate the way I feel. I'm not going to let the natural circumstance dictate whether or not I come to church. I'm not going to let the natural circumstances dictate whether or not I give in to God. I'm going to actually choose to live because the Spirit of God lives in me who empowers me to walk in the things that God has called me to. Greater is He who's in you than He who's in the world. We have to choose to take that free gift. We have to choose. God's got it there. He's stretching His hand out to you. Would you choose to stretch out and grab a hold of that as well? Because if we don't, then life doesn't change. If we want our life to change, if we want our circumstances to be different, then why don't we choose to grab a hold of the free gift? Third thing is, victory is maintained by changing what we look at. Sometimes it's easy for us to get so caught up in what we see, the difficulty of life, the bigness of the struggle that we're going through, and yes, sometimes it is huge. I don't want to downplay that. 
But you know what the enemy strategy is? Is to shove it right in your face. Because the closer to our face that our struggle is, the bigger it appears. But yet when you choose to step back, it doesn't appear so big and you can actually see, oh, well, there's a way around that. There's a way over that. But when it's right in the midst of your face, it appears like there's no way through. There's no way around it because it's right here. We need to choose to take a step back and start to change the way we look at it. Don't look at our circumstances. Instead, look to him who is the answer to all our needs. Can I tell you that the only room the enemy has in our life is a room that we give him? The only temptation that can take us out is a temptation that we choose to allow to affect our life. What are we allowing in? What are we choosing to look at? If we want to maintain a life of victory, we need to choose to look, not at our circumstance, but look to Him. Look to God who is well able. You know, sometimes when we can't see it, can I tell you who, can I ask this question? Who is the person that is in your life that can help you change your viewpoint? Because sometimes we're so caught up in what we see that we just can't see anything different about the circumstance. Who's the person that you have allowed into your life who can challenge you? Who can say, yeah, man, it seems tough. Let me take you, let me take you on this journey. Let's pray together. Let's choose to take a step back and start to look at what God says about this situation. Let's choose. Let me stand with you when, when you're feeling low, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling like there's no way out. Let me stand with you. Let me pray with you. Or do we choose to keep it all to ourselves? We need to have people in our world who can help us, pull us out at times. We need to be continually speaking who God says we are instead of declaring what our situation says that we are. There's power in our words. Last point is this. We need to celebrate the small victories. You know, often when we're looking for big breakthrough, we struggle to see the small victories that take place. As I was preparing this, I felt God say that there are often many small victories that would happen in your life. There are many small answers to prayer. But the problem is we are not looking for that because all we're looking for is the big answer, is the big breakthrough. That we miss the small things that God's doing. And so therefore we think God's not working. We think God's not answering our prayers. But yet He is. He's doing it in a different way like He did for me at the dentist. And when we choose to take our eyes off the big breakthrough that we're looking at. Instead, we make sure we're intentional about looking at and celebrating the small victories that God will do. Then you know what that does? That increases our faith. It increases our ability to say, wow, God is real. Wow, God is answering my prayer. Wow, God does do amazing miracles. Wow, this is awesome. Yeah, it's small. It's not the big breakthrough that I'm looking for, but man, it is something. Wow, that just stirs me up with excitement on the inside. That's why I love the fact that we do praise reports here in church because it constantly reminds us and shoves it in our face, the fact that God is answering. God is a God of breakthrough. God is a God who's doing things because sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. As the band comes and joins me, I'd love to finish with this last story. Last year, we were at state conference, and uh, the ACC one down in Port Macquarie, suffering for Jesus down there, hanging out at the beach and doing the conference thing. And we, um, we were down there for that week, and, and we, uh, we'd actually taken leave for the week after to go on holiday. And, um, and so we were excited about that. We were going to the mighty Gold Coast. We'd booked all the theme parks. We were planning to rip it up. And to have a good time and, you know, leave it all out there at the Gold Coast. And, uh, and so we were excited about that. We were excited, the fact that we were going to do that. And a couple of days before State Conference had finished, it was finishing on the Friday, we were shooting down the Gold Coast straight after that. 
Kyan, our middle son, he, uh, he was at the youth program and he went to, I think, kick a ball and he ended up kicking a leader's leg or foot and his toe was really, um, really started to go really pink and purple and all that kind of stuff. It didn't look great. He comes back from youth program, we pick him up, we're like, dude, what's the matter? He can hardly walk. And I'm like, oh man, we're about to go on a holiday. It's not just a sit on the beach holiday. We've got all these activities planned. We can't afford to have a son who can't walk, who's uh, stuck in crutches. So I thought about shipping him back to Sydney. And, um, but I'm like, what are we going to do? We need, we need to get this, we need to get this checked out. We need to go to the doctor. So we went to the doctor and uh, we waited in the waiting room for hours. And, um, as you do. And then, but we prayed and just said, God, we declare that your hand will be over this situation. God, we pray that even though it looks like our holiday's ruined and it's going to be sting, we're going to have to stay in the hotel, all that kind of stuff. God, we declare you're a good God and you're well able. And we pray that God, it wouldn't be broken, that it would just be like a sprain that will just heal over a day or two. Anyway, walk into the doctor's office. He takes one look at his toe and he's like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. That Oh, again. And he's like, I know exactly what's wrong. He's broken his toe. I'm like, you said what? He's like, oh, he's broken his toe. And I'm like, he's like, I've seen this before. 99% certain he's broken it. I'm like, good one. So I just started to think, who can I ask to take Kyan back to Sydney? And uh, no. <laughs> But um, he said, uh, he said, I just needed you to go and get an x-ray just to make sure that, you know, just to confirm what I already know was the words that he used, that it's broken. I'm like, okay, cool. So me and Kyle, we went off and went around the corner and uh, he got an x-ray. We just, again, I thought in that situation, man, I can just be all upset. I can be angry at God because he didn't answer the prayer. Or I can choose to change the way I look at this situation, choose to have a victorious mentality, choose to have a victorious viewpoint on this situation, say, God, yep, the report's not great, but God, I choose to celebrate the fact that you're a good God, that you're well able, that even though the doctor's report says one thing, the thing that I didn't want it to say, God, again, I choose to look at this situation through your eyes. God, I thank you. You can still do a miracle. But even if you don't, even if it is broken, I choose to celebrate and stand in victory anyway and we'll still go and still have a great holiday because you are God, because you're on the throne, because you are all powerful and you are in control. Got an x-ray, came back, went back into the doctor. The doctor opens up and he goes, wow, it's not broken. There's no crack, there's nothing there. He said, I was 99% certain I've never seen this before. I'm not sure what to say. Thank you, Jesus, is what you could say, sir. No, nah, if I was a real Christian, I would have said that, but I was celebrating on the inside. Naughty me, but anyway. And uh, it's amazing how God comes through. How we continue to remain with an attitude of victory. How we continue to remain full of faith. Watch what God will do. Thank you for listening to this life-transforming message. For service times, upcoming events, or to find out more about Inspire Church, log on to inspirechurch.com.au.